Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. Matt Clark, research analyst for Money and Markets here with uh, your Bull and the Bear podcast, kind of our weekender edition, if you will. Um, and it's good to be back. Last week, we kind of took a bit of a hiatus as uh, myself and Charles Sizemore, uh, we kind of took time to spend with our families. I was in Atlanta, he was in Dallas, and this the recording thing just it didn't make a whole lot of sense. So but we're glad to be back and, and we're ready to kind of cruise out of, of 2020 into 2021 uh, and, uh, and give you uh, safe and sound, profitable investment information. Um, for your portfolio. I want to jump right in today. And, uh, you know, we talked about this time and time again, it's been a, a, a rotating conversation since March. And, and, and that is the fact that how we work has evolved into something that is likely going to stick around even beyond the coronavirus pandemic. Um, you know, the coronavirus has, has, has I don't want to say forced, but has, has prompted uh, thousands of companies and millions of Americans to change how we work. And, and as I said, those changes could be long lasting. We've all been, we, we've been forced to work from home. Charles works from home in Dallas. I work from home in South Florida. I, I have an office that's literally five miles away, but you know, we're in order to be safe and in order to, to, to protect ourselves, uh, you know, our, our, you know, the money markets team, we all work remotely. And like I said, that's something that's likely go, not going to go away. If you look at companies like Facebook and, and Google, they're keeping their employees home working remotely at least, at least until the summer of next year. So, uh, you know, and, and I think this is going to be kind of a common, a common thread. And, and, but because of that, we've seen some sectors in the market really, not, not necessarily take advantage because they really didn't do anything, but they have, they have benefited from this change in our work environment. Uh, and, and it's mainly tech companies because, uh, you know, when you work from home, you know, your, your setup at work or things like that isn't necessarily the same as what it is at home. So when you work from home, it has to kind of mirror that. You need the same kind of um, security. You need the same kind of data storage. You need the same kind of access. You need all these types of things that allow you to keep producing as you were in the office, if not even increase that productivity. And since its inception in June of 2020, the Direxion Work From Home ETF, which trades on the New York Stock Exchange under WHF, WV, WFH, rather, um, clever, it is an exchange-traded fund that invests in companies capitalizing in this new change of how we, how we work, um, has grown about 21%. Now, that doesn't seem all that much, but you have to consider this ETF was not around during the March drop during the coronavirus crash. So it, it's coming in kind of, uh, you know, late uh, as it was just started kind of in the middle, late June. So what I want to do today is, is bring in, and I'm not going to call you a contributor anymore. I'm just going to call you, you know, Charles Sizemore, because I think we're past the contributor. You, you've done way more than that. You're, you're a much bigger part of the team than that. So um, uh, Money Markets, uh, Charles Sizemore is going to join me here, as you can, as you can see here, or, or you'll hear here shortly. Uh, and we're going to talk about two work from home companies or companies that are actually in the work from home ETF that I just talked about. And we're going to give you our take on, on, on whether these are potential buys or not. And, and you know, first I want to welcome Charles and, and, and thank you for coming in. I hope you had a great holiday, uh, holiday week last week. Um, you know, this work from home trend is, 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 I think it's going to stick around even beyond 2021. 
I think it will too. I think at some point, you know, maybe five years from now, companies will look back and they'll realize that, well, maybe working from home wasn't the end all be all. It, there are some productivity issues. You, you know, not everyone is motivated enough to stay on task. Some people end up sitting on the couch watching TV half the day. Um, <laughs> I will. You, <laughs> you, you also miss out on some of the collaborative, uh, you know, it, it's, it's easier to collaborate remotely than, than, it, than it used to be, of course but you still miss that ability to just like knock on someone's door and, and spitball ideas. It's, it's not quite the same. That face to face is gone. I mean, that, that, that personal is touch is kind of gone. Well, and, and I, I had this conversation with, with one of our colleagues. Um, actually, you were there as well. And, and that was, you know, there is a certain value to just being around and, you know, having drinks after work. And that's where sometimes really good ideas come to fruition, right? Uh, they, they don't always happen in a formal meeting setting. Sometimes they just happen on the fly from personal interactions. So I, I have a feeling that working from home, will it, it's, it's still going to be on, on, on an upward trajectory, or at least it's going to be steady where it is now. Probably at some point in the next five years, companies kind of rethink it and you know maybe try to create something else, some sort of balance where we're in the office more. But I think for the next several years, that trend is going to be, the trend is going to be to work from home. If and you're I agree. able to work from home, you work from home. I agree. And I think by the time we may be settled and, and maybe ready to return to an, to an office setting in mass, there's going to be something technology-wise that's going to come out that's going to make it almost preventative to do so just because the technology is going to be so good. There's going to be that question of, okay, well, why would we do it? You know, why, why, would we, why would we pay the rent? Exactly. And, and, that's, office, and, and that's, I think, another thing here that kind of goes unsaid here is that uh, you know, the amount of money that companies, especially companies that, that have a sizable office presence, whether it's class A office, class B office, whatever, you know, the amount of money they save on triple N rent or, or just on rent in general by having their employees work from home could be enough to really tip the balance in terms of just maintain, uh, you know, because productivity on all honesty, a lot of studies out there actually show that people are more productive at home than they are in the office because I don't believe that. Yeah, uh, you know, I, 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 think it, I, I, think, I think it really kind of depends on your work ethic. I mean, I, I, I agree. I'm sure there's probably some that are sitting at home right now that are supposed to be doing something and they're watching Days of Our Lives or something like that. I don't know, or Sports Center or, or whatever. Or I, what I have young children in the house, so I'm biased. It is what it is. Exactly. And there's that too. I mean, there's the other thing is, is that some people prefer that office setting because there's less distraction, whereas some prefer the home setting because there's less distraction. So it's just kind of a preference. But anyway... To jump in, I, you know, the first company I want to talk about, it, it, it's a company that you've heard of. They don't necessarily have their name stamped on a ton of products, but they, they are an open platform for app development, workflow solutions. They have a cloud business communication services division. Uh, they actually work in partnership uh, with Ring Central, which is what we use to, to do these meetings like, and, and these podcasts like we're doing now. It's trailing 12-month sales were about $2.8 billion. Uh, it's got a one-year annual sales growth rate, however, of a negative 0.48%. The company's annual sales have been relatively steady at around $2.8 billion for each of the last three years. So their sales have been, ha have been flat. They really haven't gone up, they, but on the flip side, they haven't really gone down. Uh, and their most re recent earnings uh, earnings per share for the company is a negative $7.25 per share. Uh, since hitting a low of around $6 a share back in March, which is everyone's common benchmark for hitting lows because that was a coronavirus crash. I say it every time, but it almost seems it's repetitive and most people know it. Um, the company's stock has actually bounced about 188% to its current price point. Um, and its gains are pretty much right in line with the rest of the software industry. The company here is Avaya Holdings Corporation. It trades on the New York Stock Exchange. The ticker is AVYA. Uh, it's Avaya Holdings. 
Uh, Charles, I'll first throw it to you and, and, and give me your thoughts on Avaya. Yeah, so the sort of lack of profitability I find a little bit disturbing. Um, I, I kind of sound like Darth Vader there. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> what, what was he said? I, anyway. That was it. You got it. Uh, it's the, either Star uh, Trek or Star Wars with you, man. I, I, I can't really tell from one week to the next. I appreciate the it. Star franchise, Stargate, which that one's, you know, clearly. Let's stay away down. from that. Let's, we're not going to do that. That one's a tear down. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, this stock, it has a lot of momentum behind it. And despite that, it's not a high volatility stock. And I like that. Uh, tech stocks have not done, ex you know, exceedingly well over the last couple of weeks. Uh, there's been something of a rotation out of tech and into uh, beaten down value stocks. This stock seems to have bucked that trend a certain, to a certain extent. It's just continued to push higher. I like that. Um, longer term, I do find a lack of, of sales growth sales growth disturbing. I, I, I do find it um, not disturbing, but I, I do. It's concerning. It's concerning that, come on, if you're not, if you're not uh, boosting your sales this year, then when are you? Uh, for me, this is more of a short-term momentum play. I think this is a buy for the next, call it three to six months. I don't know that I would want to hold it. Well, maybe I would want to hold it longer than that. We'll see. But, but you know, my targeted time frame, at least entering the trade, would be three to six months, maybe reevaluate what it looks like then. But um, I, I, would, I would buy this one. I, I would call this one a buy. But again, with a relatively short window. Yeah, I, I looked at uh, Chief Investment Strategist Adam O'Dell's six-factor green zone rating system. Avaya actually ranks around a 56 as of today, which means it's fairly neutral. We don't necessarily expect it to under or outperform the market over the next 12 months. It does have very good momentum. And if you do remember, you know, kind of our philosophy here is buy high, sell higher. So we do look at momentum pretty heavily. It ranks around a 79 on momentum, which is good. It's not great, but it's good. Uh, it also does rank very high, ranks a 72 on volatility, which means it's a fairly low volatile stock. However, it's a, it is a big company. It's got a $1.5 billion market cap, so it does rank a little low in size. Uh, it does rank low in quality right around, I, I want to say, a 39 uh, it's, it's a low growth stock. It's, it's kind of a low value stock. It's kind of, I mean, it's, it's price to sales uh, is actually lower than the rest of the industry, which is good. Uh, its price to book is also lower. Um, so in terms of comparing it to the rest of the industry, it is a decent value. Its return ons are all in the negative, but then again, software is all in the negative across the board. Um, I agree with you here. I, this is not a long-term buy and hold. This is not one of those that you want to hold in your portfolio for 12 months. I just don't see the potential for long-term gains here. I think three months is probably the most I would hold this. I don't even know that I would go six months out. Because again, as you said, if they haven't been able to produce an increase in sales, and they will have an increase in sales this year, um, it's just not going to be much. Um, like I said, they've been holding that $2.8 billion level for three years, and I think it's going to be around $2.9 billion. Maybe they may crack the $3 billion mark um, this year. That's nominal compared to what other tech companies are able to do considering how things have changed in terms of our work environment and how we're doing things. So for them well, not the, to... The other thing to consider is, okay, it's a high-momentum stock. Well, moderately high-momentum stock today. But at some point, the fundamentals have to catch up with that price momentum. Exactly. Or, well, what exactly. Doing, right? and, that's so, why, and that's why this is a very short-term play. Three months tops, and then you're probably out of it. In fact, I don't even know that it goes three months. I think the momentum is probably going to kind of uh, peter out uh, in, in, by January, maybe February. Um, and I think it's going to start to either level out or, or dip 
or, or start to drop back. So I, again, I agree. I think it's a buy, but I, it's certainly not a long-term one. It's one you definitely want to do your research on. And, and we've kind of helped you with that. We've kind of pushed you in that direction. Um, I, you know, it's, I, the, the return ons kind of worry me. Uh, return ons are, are deeply in the red. Uh, return on equity is around negative 89%. Um, that, that is a bit concerning for me. Uh, their debt is about $3.7 billion right now. And with trailing 12-month sales of $2.7, $2.8 billion, that's a concern. So there are some red flags here. But if you're wanting to take advantage of maybe some short-term momentum swings, then this is one you might want to get into and look at for a, about three months. And, and then that's it. But again, you want to watch it. So I'm I, I would say buy, um, but I'm very hesitant about it. So that's that's kind of where I where I look at it. The next stock here is a company that specializes in cybersecurity, and and that's become a, a big buzzword, election notwithstanding. Um, you know, it, it's become kind of a big thing in terms of protecting your network, and whether that network is in your home or in your office, it is very important to protect the data that you have. This company offers hardware and software. It includes firewalls. Uh, virtual private networks, which are which have become which have uh, grown in popularity, as well as anti malware software, so you don't get you know Trojan horse viruses, things like that. It's got a product line that's dedicated to secure switching uh, for connecting customers and devices, both in office and long distance. Uh, it's got tra trailing twelve month sales of about two point five billion dollars, uh, one year annual sales growth rate of around twenty percent. Uh, and its sales increased from 325 million in 2010 to 2.1 billion in 2019. So they've actually already topped their mark from 2019. They're, this will be the 11th straight year this company has had sales increases. The company has one year uh, earnings per share growth rate of around 19%. It's got a three year annual uh, earnings per share growth rate of 117%. Stock wise, they hit a low of around $75. Guess when? March. Uh, but since then, it has rallied about 98% into early July. It's pared back a little bit. It dropped about 18% off that July high, starting to make a little bit of a run. Um, it, it's starting to move a little bit higher, so it's hoping to maybe erase uh, that 18% loss and, 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 and march back a little farther. The company here is Fortinet Incorporated, trades on the NASDAQ. The ticker is FTNT. Uh, again, this is a company that does not have their name stamped on packages of, of product. You're not going to find, or it'd be very rare to find Fortinet products at Walmart or Target or Best Buy. They just, they're just not there. Uh, you know, they, these are uh, higher end cybersecurity products that are used at data centers. Uh, they are used in large offices, but they have brought those things down to be included into home products as well, which bodes well considering how, now we're, we, we, we're in this ever-changing work environment. So Charles, uh, you know, first your, your thoughts on Fortinet. You know, it's, it has a good theme behind it. Uh, it's cybersecurity is one of the biggest themes of our, of our day. I mean, who hasn't had an account hacked, you know, a, you know, a credit card hacked? Yeah, this, this is a big deal. So you know, cyber, and every company in, in the world has to have a cybersecurity policy. Any financial institution you do business with, you will always, every year, you will get that notice in the mail detailing their cybersecurity policy that's right. no one ever reads it you just yeah i mean you, you get it you, you toss it i mean it's, it's like the, it's like the terms of agreement with itunes or yeah, google uh -huh. yeah, you don't I mean, you I, don't actually read it you just click i, I accept and then you hit oh, and then yeah. you accept it every letter and then what you no of course no one reads it no one ever reads it but yeah the um so so there, there's a good story here yeah you know, cybersecurity is a big theme 
What I find uh, disturbing about, about this stock is that it has had absolutely no momentum since, since summer. At a time when, well, a lot of the tech stocks sort of had a near-term top in the summer. They corrected a, a little bit, and then it was off to the races again. This stock did not participate in that. And I, I don't know why. And because I don't know why, because I can't pinpoint why, that makes me a little uncomfortable. So I like the stock. I, I like the story behind it. You know, the, the, the growth rates over the last several years have been fantastic. It, it checks all the right boxes. I, I just, I don't understand why the price is not cooperating given that every other tech stock has been on fire um, exactly. you know, over the same window. There's that something doesn't, smell right there so i would wait a bit on this one i would wait to see if you know what their next earnings report looks like um you know maybe wait for that stock to resume something resembling a real uptrend because all the right check boxes are there but something's something's off um i don't like that it's been trending lower for the last several months something foul in the state of verona uh, uh Denmark. 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 Uh, wrong, wrong Shakespeare. Wrong, wrong Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> I had it, and then I just grasped at the thread. Yeah, I mean, you know, fundamentally, you're right. Fortinet hits all the marks. Return ons are all better than the than the rest of the industry than uh, than the communications equipment industry. Uh, you know, value wise, it's a bit high. It is a bit of a high price stock, which could be a reason why it's traded somewhat sideways because maybe the overvaluing has caught up with Fortinet before it has with anyone else. I don't know why. Um, financially, the company is in a very good position. $48 million of debt, trailing 12-month income of $2.4 billion. Uh, you know, their income, $460, $470 million uh, for the last 12 months. So financially, they're in a good place. Sales-wise, it's gonna be the 11th straight year of, of sales increases. Fundamentally, they're in line. They are a bit overpriced, but momentum just isn't there. Uh, Adams Green Zone Ranking System puts Fortinet at a 59, uh, which is a neutral position for us. Again, uh, very similar to Avaya. We don't necessarily see this um, over, outperforming or underperforming the market over the next 12 months. It is. It scores a 40 in momentum. Uh, that is that's low, a lot, a lot lower than I think any of us would be comfortable with. Although it is a relatively low volatile stock, it scores a 67 in volatility. What stands out here with Fortinet is its quality and its growth. It scores a 99 in both quality and growth. Um, so it is, a, it is a quality stock, it is a high growth stock, and those stocks do tend to outperform the market. So to me, I am concerned about the momentum. I am concerned about the drop. I am concerned about the fact that this did not uh, take part in the, in the tech stock boom that, we, that we've seen since, since the summer. Um, I'm just not sure why. Uh, so the question I have then is, okay, what, where, where does that put me in terms of my thoughts on Fortinet? Uh, do I go strictly with the system or do I kind of go out on a limb? And in this instance, I'm going to go out on the, I'm not going to go out on a limb. I'm going to stick with the system here. I'm neutral here. Um, I, I, I'm like Charles. I like where this stock is. I like its story. I like its financials. I like its fundamentals. I think it is a very, very good tech stock, but there is some reason why Fortinet is not bouncing up the way other tech stocks are and that is a concern we buy high we sell higher the momentum is not there right now so that doesn't mean it's not going to be i think it will be i think by january february i think a company like fortinet will see that higher momentum and then at that point in time it will be worth a buy for you but right now it's just not we're not seeing a significant uptrend that would warrant us to say to go out and say okay 
it may only score a 59, but its momentum is just is just out out of out of the park. So you should buy it. I'm I, I'm just not there. And I, and I was really wavering on this because before Charles and I came on uh, officially, I had told him I said I you know I kind of like Fortinet. I think I might go with it. But the more I sat here and looked at it while while Charles was talking, and and, and the, the more I kind of talked myself out of it. So. Um, I, I, I'm, I, it's a pass, but it's probably a temporary pass because I think Fortinet is one of those companies that's going to, um, to show a strong uptrend here in the next three months. So you know, it, it's um, funny with, with the first talk, we're, th we're saying, you know, buy today, but keep your time horizon short. The second it's maybe don't buy today, but potentially have a much longer time horizon when you do buy. It can be one of those situations where yeah. you buy a via, hold it for three months, take advantage of some gains, pull those gains, and then turn around and buy Fortinet and then capitalize on those gains uh, for three to six months afterwards. It could be a nice, an interesting strategy uh, if it were to play out. So um, that, we didn't plan it that way. That was not, that, that was not our, we weren't scripted. So <laughs> we didn't come into it. How about we do this? That wasn't, that wasn't the case at all. So, um, so on Avaya, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very short-term buy for us. On Fortinet, it's a very short-term hold for us. So um, don't buy it, but keep your eye on it because Fortinet could be one of those that, that, that maybe, maybe the tech stock uh, uptrend is maybe late in coming to Fortinet. You know, who knows? Uh, it, it's hard to predict. So um, that's going to wrap it up for us. I do want to remind you that Adam O'Dell's uh, Millionaire Masterclass is out and ready for you to take a look at, and you definitely want to. This is a strategy that Adam used. He retired at the age of 33. I'm not 33. I wish I would have known it. I could have retired or at least come close to it or bettered my portfolio. Um, but it is a tried and true method. Um, it is based on the momentum principle, but you're going to want to learn about it. If you head over to the website, theinvestingsecret.com, that's where you can get more information on, on, how, uh, on how Adam used this process and how he uses it today. He uses it now with his Green Zone Fortune service as well as his Cycle Line Alert service, um, both of which uh, are, are, are doing very well. So you want to make sure you do that. It's theinvestingsecret.com. So make sure you check that out. Also, uh, if you're listening to the Bull and the Bear on podcast, you can also you can you can check us out on video. Just head over to our YouTube channel, money and type in money and markets in the search bar. Uh, make sure you subscribe and then hit that notification bell so you get notified each and every time we put out a video. The community is growing; it is great. Uh, people are are really uh, active. They they talk a lot. Whether it's trashing me for telling you not to buy Pfizer, which I still believe, don't buy Pfizer. Uh, BioNTech probably much better, but that's beside the point or whether you're there for cannabis or trying to see what, uh, what's going on in our week ahead, uh, or maybe you just like to see Charles and I's bright shining faces every week on the Bull and the Bear podcast, uh, it is on video. If you're, if you're maybe watching video and you want to listen to us on podcast, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and a wealth of others, including about five in India, which I didn't even know existed. But we are actually on in India, and we appreciate uh, those folks in India that are downloading our podcast and listening to us, as well as everyone around the world. We, we get downloaded in about 50, 55 countries uh, each and every week. So we appreciate, uh, we appreciate the worldwide listen. So make sure you do that. Leave us a review, leave us a comment. If you do have a comment or question or a stock or a sector you'd like us to look at, the email address is thebullandthebear at moneyandmarkets.com. So that's about going to do it. We hope that you all have a great, uh, a great weekend. Uh, we'll have much, much more with our week ahead video that will come out over the weekend as well. So make sure you kind of get yourself ready for what next week has in store on Wall Street. That will be coming out as well. And the next week, our uh, Marijuana Market Update and the Bull and the Bear podcast. So uh, a lot of stuff coming out. We're, we're also kicking around some new ideas too on some things, uh, on some new videos for you. So make sure you uh, stay tuned and watch for that. 
So for that, for uh, Charles Sizemore, I am a research analyst for Money Markets, Matt Clark, your host of the Bull and the Bear podcast. Until next time, everyone, safe trading. You've been listening to the Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. 